you have reached a phone call from Paul. A Literary Hub podcast. To hear more, visit lithub.com. Part 1 of Paul Holden Graber's Conversation with Nicole Muley. Hello, can I please speak with Nico Muley? This is Nico. Hey, Paul. How's it going? Uh, Nico, I'm so happy you're taking taking my call this morning. Tell me, what, what, am, what am I interrupting now? I am in the middle of writing um, an opera, and I'm in the middle of writing uh, a little interlude between scenes. So it doesn't, have, it doesn't have words in it, but it has to go from a place with words to a place with words. What, what, <laughs> what, 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 is, uh, what is the opera? adaptation of Marnie, um, which is a novel by Winston Graham, which has also uh, turned into the Hitchcock movie of the same name. Tell me more. I, I, I have to say I adore Hitchcock, um, but I do not know Marnie, which, you know, I always say that I have holes in my culture so it can breathe. And, <laughs> and, and here is a, a real hole. I love strangers on the train, but I don't know Marnie. Marnie is one of the one of the ones with Tippi Hedren in it. Um, it is essentially the, the premise of the of the book is that there's a woman who keeps on changing identities to steal money from men, um, and uh, it's it's you know, we're not sure at any point like why why she's doing what she does. She has this tense relationship with her mother, and <clears throat> essentially the. the she gets tricked into marrying one of her one of her marks, one of the men from whom she she steals money, and uh, the, so the, the rest of the the rest of the book is her sort of trying various modes of escape. And I won't give away the ending. No, 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 don't, don't, don't. But I will ask you why. Well, I I know this is your is this your second opera, but probably there are many more. Your it's my second big one. Um, there was this, I, I wrote a chamber opera, so it's my second grand opera, as they say. Um, I, I wrote one chamber opera, and this is grand number two. What was what was the chamber opera? The chamber opera was called Dark Sisters, and it was about a polygamy oh, yes. in Utah. And the and the the last opera was the one that I saw at the Met. Two boys. Two boys. Is this also going to be at the Met, or you don't yet know? It is. It, it is. It's a it's a Met commission, so we'll start it. We'll start it in um, London in about a year and a half. Um, which, even saying that, makes me realize I have to, <laughs> I have to get worried. Uh, we so, does that make you anxious? Uh, Eighteen months from now, does that make you anxious already now? Not really, but it, it more. It's, I mean, eight, eighteen months in the world of classical music is actually a blink of an eye. Um, you know, where one plans out things. I'm, I'm thinking about 2019, 2020. Um, there's a it's a it's a very strange uh, <laughs> time scale. It feels it feels very very kind of in in seven days. You know, you you have these gigantic things that need to happen over long stretches of time. But commission. I mean, the, the world of commissions. I I, I imagine that. In the classical world, music world, as it were, um, commissions is the way work gets done. You need someone to commission something from you in order to feel emboldened to do it. You need the deadline in some way. I do, yes. Some people, I mean, some people don't. And I think, you know, the the deadline does exactly embolden you. And it feels like a, a commission to me... It's always interesting when you, if, if, if I tell someone I've gotten a commission, people 
people's instinct is to say congratulations. Whereas actually, it's kind of a commission is almost like being challenged to a duel because it says, <laughs> <laughs> it says here's this here's this thing you're going to have to deal with, or it feels like one of the tasks of one of the tasks of, of Hercules, right? Where it's like in in the in this span of time, you have to solve this crazy problem, which can be either artistic or uh, uh, you know emotional or musical or all these things at once. So a commission is like, you know, in in three years, let's see what you've done. You know, it's it's it, 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 just in a, in a recent phone call from Paul, I spoke with Brian Stevenson, who defends a lot of death row inmates, an extraordinary man who I, I, I truly admire. And he was talking to me in a different context of deadlines. And I asked him if he knew where the word deadline came from. So I'm asking you, Nico, do you know? Well, you know, I'm. I'm, I'm, Yes, I do. I'm. I'm I'm filled with useless information. I don't know money, but I do know deadline. And that's what lives in the holes in your culture. That's what lives in the in the gruyere of my culture. You're quite right. But deadline comes from prison language. So, of course, saying that to Brian Stevenson was particularly poignant. It's a line whereby which, if prisoners uh, cross it, they are allowed by the guards. To be shot. Oh, interesting. All right, that makes total sense. What does it inspire in you? <laughs> well, it, that does feel like one of those things that now that now that you've told me that, I'm going to think about it so differently because it's sort of the opposite of how we use it, isn't it? Where it's yeah. it's a it's the um, it's well, no, I guess that's true. I don't know. I, <laughs> I feel like I feel like with with deadlines, of course, it's an invisible line, right? Would yes. it be an invisible line, or would well, it... yes, it, it it probably isn't quite visible, but you know that as you approach it, you're not supposed to go further. Right. Well, I would say, I mean, the thing the thing also, which is I think true in any usage of the word, is that the, the most charged space in the world isn't the farthest away from it, but it's actually you know the three inches right before it. Right. Yes. It's that test of kind of what what's going to happen. Sort of the the air the air becomes electric right close to it. Right. And I I imagine. I mean, it's incredible what you what you just said, which is so different from Brian. I'll have you listen to each other responding to not really the etymology of of the word deadline because it isn't. An etymology I'm mentioning here, but the origin of of where it comes from. You had very different reactions to it, and I I feel that when you talk about the charged space, you might as well be speaking about music. Mm. Well, I think yeah. I mean, it's I mean, it's also the a line. It's interesting that the the, the, phys, the physical reality of a line versus because we use deadline to mean to mean a time, right? And we use deadline to mean to mean a time. Um, that's that's the most abstract in space because if you say, well, I suppose people do have deadlines like Monday at noon, right? But then other times there are things like by next week, right, which is a very vague kind of floating thing. And then there are things where you just say, you know, in the, in the season of sixteen seventeen, or there are other things where you say, you know, you have to finish you have to finish this by a certain time, but then you won't hear it for a long time. I mean, deadlines are very odd. Like there, there are all these these constantly shifting sources of anxiety. Right. Like, right. right. It's like it's like there's no there's no way to predict what they actually mean. So what I interrupted now is in in a way by by, by taking this this call from me. I'm I'm allowing you to to. Um, 
leave your work, as it were, for a moment to talk about it a little bit with me and to have this this conversation, which I I, I love having with you, Nico, as is as is pretty clear. I'm I'm curious. You, you were saying you, you're writing you're writing passages for Mani. What can, can you give a sense of what it is? Um. Yeah, yeah, and what, what, how you write them, and and are you using the original text and adapting it for music? No, so I, I'm working with a with a librettist um, in London called Nicholas Wright, um, which is a great name for a writer. Yeah, I, and yes, he has he has sort of chopped up the original text and and adapted it as as a libretto. So it's organized in in you know in in an actually quite traditional way of of choruses and and sort of arias and not recitatives, but but passages in which more information gets disseminated than than not, and. Um, Essentially, the, the way that I then divide up what he's done is figuring out, you know, figuring out how, how long each thing takes. Because the scary thing about looking at a page of text is that you can make it last forever or you can, you can run through it. You know, if you look at the text of like a patter song in Gilbert and Sullivan or Sondheim or whatever, it could be five pages long and last 30 seconds. Why did you, why did you choose um, Mani? It's, I mean, I think... In a sense, it's it's the it's the perfect operatic story, right? Because it's it focuses on one woman's story, and um, it is something where you know you you the, the emotional work is all, is is buried, right? And so it's something where she has a physical thing that she does, which is that she steals, and then but then there's this emotional world that you can show with music much easier than you can with, with I I think than with any other kind of discipline. So. It's it's something where you know she can be doing one thing and thinking another, and singing another thing, and the, so it's the music that gives us the backstory. It's the music that gives us the kind of core problem. Are you are you a Hitchcock fan? I am. Yeah. I mean, I I, I feel like I've I've you know I've I've always said though that the, that the real the real Hitchcock thing that that would be a an opera is is Rope. Right. That that I do know. I mean, rope is so twisted and so crazy, and you know what you do is you just get like three countertenors and chuck them in a room and. So, so maybe, maybe, maybe soon. Maybe soon. I hope so. I mean, it's. It, I mean, rope, rope to me. I mean, that, but that's the thing about about um, you know, opera. Opera can really can really tell stories very efficiently because you have you have so you have things working on every on every register. How, uh, yes, of course, and and you are you you you're trying in 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 a way you're trying to explicate this text in a very different way. Right, exactly, and and you te- you can tease out other things, and you can you can resolve ambiguities, or you can create new ones, and that's that's the sort of power of music, of course, is that you can do that in one. I mean, in the same way that if you're very very close to a great actor, you can see you know with an with an eyebrow or with an inflection or with a, with a very subtle change in atmosphere, you can you can learn a lot about what's going on. And I think music has the same thing, right? Where you have one little note or one one percussion gesture or one harp note played just so, you know, and then all of a sudden the whole the whole lighting's changed in the room. I think it's quite recent for you, but maybe it's already a few years that you, I think, have fallen in love in in some form or fashion with with Cavafy. Yes, and 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 you you composed this music for Impossible Things, mm-hmm. and you know just reading 
reading that poem and reading the last stanza where Cavafy writes in 1897, a poet has said, the loveliest music is the one that cannot be played, and I, I dare say, that by far the best life is the one that cannot be lived. It's so delicious, right? Oh, it, it is. You know, it, well, it brought to mind, I, I don't know, you know, in, in, in my life, Nico, and perhaps in yours too, I mean, you know, I suffer so much from quiltomania. I suffer so much from references. When I say suffer, it's a disease from which I wish no cure. They, they are signposts on my life. I, I couldn't live without knowing these these quotations they they help me navigate the world and they help me also have no sense of direction and get lost but the 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 way Cavafy here speaks to me is the way Pessoa Fernando Pessoa the great um a Portuguese poet of the same generation wrote is you know the not living it's so extraordinarily profound and in in some way also perhaps painful yeah, well, it's, it's a bit of both, isn't it? Where it says it, it's the it's the establishment of this thing that you can it's the sort of asymptotic relationship of what's going on to what you want to have happen, right? It's like this you never quite touch the touch the deadline in a sense, right? It's like there's there's this thing that's across, um, and that you can you know, and I think one of the things that that I find so touching about Kavapi is there's always this remove, even if he's speaking about it very abstractly, as he is, as he is impossible things, but some, in, in some of the other poems he's speaking very explicitly, where he's looking at someone, and whoever that is, is not, it's never right in front of him, it's always behind a curtain, or up, up a little bit and to the left, or in a different, in a different box at the theater, and there's this way in which the whole, the whole of, of, you know, Oh, the whole of the life of the artist is that remove, right? Is that is whatever that whatever that distance is um, to that object, to that line. But I find that I find that so moving. And, and again, that's something that for that for me, you can do with music very efficiently, um, set, setting that specific text. How how did you discover him? I actually because um, Daniel Mendelssohn, who um, taught at Columbia when I when I was there. Um, had, he and I were just sort of chatting casually, and he mentioned that he was about to publish this enormous volume of enormous, enormous. You know, I mean, it's insane. Yes, and it's, it's so beautiful. And I know it's so beautiful, so enormous, and so insane, all at the same time. And it's not just translations; it's it's a huge amount of scholarship, including. And one of the things that I find especially moving is including all the un the unrevised versions of poems that we got to know later, including um, you know extensive notes. Um, End notes about kind of, but you know, when I say extensive, it's almost as long as the, as the translations themselves about you know the process of arriving at these translations in the modern age, but also how Kavafi revised work throughout his life or left things unpublished and then later revisited them and changed them drastically. So you have kind of two different or sometimes three different versions of the same quote unquote text. Um, so that was I, I and and I was t- talking I talked to Daniel and, and just said, you know, what, what do you think about this, this, and this? And he said, well, you know, if, if you like those, look at these. And um, we sort of worked together on assembling them. And, but since then, I've been, I've been trying to set as many of them as I can, um, just because I find them so beautiful and, and, and really, um, uh, they, they set well for the, his translation set well for the voice, I've also found, which is not often true. <laughs> do, you, do you have a sense now of Kavafi himself and how he would have reacted to the way you have set him into music? 
Oh, I never really think about that. That always makes me always feel uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in a sense, I mean, that's what you, you know, what you, what you do with, with when you set someone's text is it, it really is yet another form of translation. Right. And it, in, a, in a sense, it's like you, you... A translating translation. Translating translation. But again, I mean, now, now, we're, now we're now to get really specific back to that deadline, right? You know, that the, the translation literally, and, and now if we can also talk about etymology, it means, you know, taking something across to the other side. Traductore, right? yes, really. And, and, and I think, you know, you, like, it's literally trans, like, lateral. Yes. And so you end up, you, you know, with, with a translation, it's, it's a reinterpretation. It's, you know, it's the way someone looks, acts differently in a different language. And I think... You know, text always, when you set it, becomes something completely other. Um, and so I, I, I always think when I set text, you know, it's nice if you have a, if you have a living poet or a living playwright. But um, for me, actually, what's really exciting is to think about, you know, Daniel, who's, who's, lived, who's lived in these texts for such a long time. You know, what does he think about it? Because it's, it's basically it's the texts have had a very, very long layover in his, in his airport. You know what I mean? And, and, um, they, and now, they, now they end up in, in, in music. One, one, one more moment on, on Kavafi. Is, is there, I, I know this is a question that's asked in every single context, but it, it, it matters. I think it's a question that isn't bad because it speaks about taste and it speaks about what we're passionate about and it speaks about what we love most and it's important for us to talk about what we love. Is there a particular poem of Kavafi you particularly love? Well, for, I mean, for me, Impossible Things is the most... The most beautiful. The, the most beautiful and the most kind of... Um, the, the one that, that 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 struck me kind of immediately. Do you have it in front of you? I don't have it in front of me. I wish I had that, but I, unfortunately, all my books are in another in another space. You know what I will do if you permit me? I'll read the whole poem, which is just a tiny bit longer than what I read um, a moment ago. I, I will read. I will read the whole poem, meaning not every part, but the part that is called impossible things. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. There is one joy alone but one that's blessed, one consolation only in this pain. How many thronging, tawdry days were missed because of this ending? How much ennui? A poet has said, The loveliest music is the one that cannot be played. And I, I dare say that by far the best life is the one that cannot lived. So good. Ah, <sighs> It really just is so good. It, I think, you know, there, there's, when, you, when, you, when you asked me before about another one, and one that I would love to set at some point, um, is, it's called An Old Man, and I think it's, there's two, there's two, there's 894 and 1897, and essentially it's, a, it's slightly longer, but, but it, it begins with, and I do have it printed out here, it begins with, in the noisy cafe, right in the middle, an old man sits bent over the table, his newspaper in front of him with no one for company, and it sort of goes on in this very... No, 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 go on, go on, read it. And in his contempt for his wretched old age, he thinks how very little he enjoyed the years when he had strength and wit and beauty. He knows he's aged a lot. He feels it, sees it. And even so, the moment when he was, when he was young seems like yesterday. How brief a span, how brief a span. And he brooded on the way that prudence had duped him and how he'd always trusted so stupidly the lies she told. Tomorrow, you have lots of time. 
He remembers the impulses he bridled and how much joy he sacrificed. His foolish caution now is mocked by each lost opportunity. Oh, God. Um... This remembering makes the old man dizzy, and leaning on the table in the cafe, he falls asleep. It's so good. It makes me crazy. But it's so good, and 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 dare I say, as as the poem "Impossible Things" says, it brings us back to a different a, a different way of of inhabiting the word uh, deadline. Mm, yeah. And you know, things undone, things we don't do. Um, this feeling we have of a long life, which. As time passes, really, I mean, you're still a, a spring chicken, as it were. Um, I'm no longer even a summer chicken. I'm kind of an early autumn chicken. And as time passes by, I, I do think a lot about that. And as, as people die, as people disappear, as we are next in line, I think about it. But I think about it also on aesthetical grounds. I think about it, Nico... And I, I wonder if you have thoughts about this already, as it were, about taste and aging, um, what what we remain faithful to, what we once upon a time loved and what we still love, what we read and what we reread, uh, what still matters to us, what we hold on to, what we need. Okay, I will stop enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, so I, I guess in... So the question is sort of how... Well, I guess I, I, I still feel like I'm too, I'm too young, or I'm too in the middle of it to really, to really have have had yes. the experience of zooming out yet. Yes. Um. To you know what I mean? To real, to really look at what yes. actually happened. Yes. Let, let 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 me ask you this question. Let me place a phone call to you, if I can, again in ten years' time. I think for the moment, just you know, just completely delve into into Kavafi. I can't wait to to hear the music of uh, that that you, the the music you you uh, you you composed for impossible things it's it's so moving have you have you made music for the old man no i know i would love to that 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 would be a kind of a kind of fun fun project i mean the, 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 the question the question with with some of these poems though and i realized when i was reading it before it's whose voice is it right is it a man's is it a man's voice or what's the you know because it, it this is this is one that's you know it's in the third person obviously and that's a funny that's that's a tricky one because one of the things that makes that makes Cavafy so so arresting is sometimes the the, the first personness of it completely cuts through a lot of the nonsense that a lot yeah. of that a lot of poetry wants. You know, it, um, it just, he just says, "Here's what's up. Here is what I see. Here's what I'm observing." Um, but no, I, I haven't I haven't thought about it. I mean, I think it it's a it's an interesting thing. It's because this old man is being observed, right? And we don't right. observing him. Yes. We don't know if if it's another person in the cafe. Is another person? Is it? Is it sort of? The, is there an omniscient character? Is it a child? Is it you know the plate? I mean, there could be really anything. <laughs> 